Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another Sticks and Bones episode with your ghost host, Chelsea N10. How's everyone doing after last week's episode? Are we good? 10, are you good? Is the number one. I'm good. I have healed. My soul has come are you back healed? into the body. My soul's back in the body, or maybe that's just the demon talking. I don't know, but <laughs> we're back and better than ever. You really, you really scared a lot of people last week. Like, I, I kind of <laughs> forgot, like, that it was just so random your little like screech of like I'm scared when I listened back to it I actually thought that you would pick up on the um the doorbell but because I'm using a microphone I don't think it picked up which like score one for the mic but like listening to it it truly does sound like completely out of the blue so to the headphone listeners that's my bad (laughs) we're sorry (laughs) Um, we apologize, but yeah, last week's episode was super scary. Um, I had a hard time listening to it and I kept trying to listen to it to get overcome my own fear of my own story. Um, but a lot of people reached out to me and actually, um, when I was on live the other day doing cathonic readings, um, someone told me that they, oh no, it wasn't cathonic readings. It was the live after that. Okay. Uh, he told me that it validated them. And I was like, I really hope you didn't have the same experience as I did, but if you did, I'm sorry. So, but today we are on to a lighter, lighter episode. Still, still spooky. We're still keeping in, in, you know, the Halloweeny time. Yeah. It's not as scary though. Like today's really going to be a hodgepodge of things. Um, I'm really excited about this one because we're actually going to take a listener question, which we'll talk about in a minute, but someone did ask us how we met and, I don't think we've ever talked about that on the podcast. We talked about how we grew up with spiritual gifts, but we never actually talked about how we met. And I think that's going to be the first piece. And then we're talking about spiritual transformation and also uh, mythology around werewolves. And, you know, I got to throw Jacob from Twilight in the mix. Oh, oh, this is like the opposite side of the vampire episode. So like, are you team vampire? Are you team werewolf? Like. Right. What is your team? Cast your vote below. Maybe I'll run a poll for this episode. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do it. that. We got it now. I did it for the Amityville horror. Like, I was like, did you, do you believe the story? Yes or no? And most people said no. Um, hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you. But yeah, are you team vampire? Are you team werewolf? I think yeah. you could do a poll on Spotify. I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. And then, of course, you know, we'll pull ourselves at the end. Yeah, absolutely. But... Before we dive in, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What's new since the last time we spoke, even though that was for us like an hour ago? What's new, Scooby-Doo? Um, not much. Getting ready for Yule, so I'm pumping out candles, putting my whole life into it. Um, watching all the Phillies baseball games because shout out to all the Philadelphia sports teams. Ew, really no. the real ones right shout now. Out. We don't shout out to Philadelphia teams on this episode because I am a Giants and Mets fan. So that is banned. <laughs> uh, you know what? Shout out. Go Birds. Um, oh, ew. <laughs> go Giants. Go Giants. They're going to win this year. They're doing great. I, I've been seeing their games. Like, they're they're on. When they're on, they're on. Like, yeah, we're going to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, when do we play you guys? We play you guys in a in a bit, maybe. I, I don't, don't know. know, but you know what? Maybe we'll have to. You know what? Though I don't want to show up to yours and Kevin's house, the only Giants fan in the building. I refuse to actually go see a Giants game in Philadelphia because I love you and Kevin, but sometimes Eagles fans are so terrible. Like they will kill you. They don't oh my care. god! I mean, when we won the Super Bowl a few years ago, like we almost burned down Philadelphia. Like we ha- they had to grease the poles because I people know. are climbing them. I appreciate Philadelphia's passion for their football teams, but if you're on the opposing team, it is not a great place to be. It's really oh, yeah. <laughs> like turn for my safety. <laughs> as Philadelphia fans say, like people hate us and we don't care. Like it's true. No, it's the truth. And being a Giants fan, I am not walking into any sort of Philadelphia game whatsoever. I'll get booed off the streets. No. No, it's um, true. But it's just been kind of hanging out. It has been chilly. Like, I feel like fall was all of three seconds. It is really twilight out here. It's, it's, um, I saw a TikTok and someone was like, it's Bella Swan season, ladies. Get your, uh, your books out, get into your sad moods and your sweaters and 
get ready to find Edward because we are here. <laughs> but have you been? I know it's been like five minutes since we talked, but well, how are you? Years. Oh my God, I've been great. Um, I'm really excited for this because I'm going to Gettysburg with my dad and my mom in November. So I can't wait to experience it. I actually meant to text you for tour recommendations. You'll have to tell me. I have never taken a do a tour. tour. No, my dad is Mr. Gettysburg himself. So he usually just leads us. He got a tour like 20 some years ago from like some master historian. So I have no tour recommendations. Okay, that's serious. Did you say overnight when you were there? Uh, no, we just went for the day. Like, I can tell you, like, big places to go. Like, you got to hit Pickett's Run. You got to oh, hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to do some tour, but um, we're staying overnight. And a lot of people were asking me when I was on live when my dad was going to come back on the podcast. I didn't realize, like, he's like his own celebrity fact checker over there. He is. Uh, we need to just have a dad episode. Get our both of our dads and go to Gettysburg. That's what I'm saying. The ghost hosts and dad episode. Paranormal cue the home depot music i know so he wants to come back on the podcast i was like maybe we can have you back and if your dad wants to come on too we could talk about gettysburg yeah Um, my dad will be here in december i'm down that may have been a secret i don't know (laughs) well if i have to cut this part you just let me know um so i'm i might just tell my dad don't listen to this week's episode (laughs) yeah 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 um Okay. Well, yeah, I'm thinking about getting my dad sometime back on the podcast. We'll see. It could be a bonus episode, but a lot of people were asking for him. They're like, when are you going to film with your dad again? I'm like, oh, you're right. Um, so we'll work it out. We'll work it out. But a lot of people were asking for it. So we'll we'll get him on here with me in 10. We'll put him in the hot seat. Oh my God. Yeah. Put him in the hot seat. He would do great. <laughs> he listens to us every week. So hey, dad. Shout out to you. <laughs> it's really cute that our dads listen to our podcast. Oh my God. Yeah. My dad texted me about um the Amityville one um when we talked about like all the Halloween stuff that we grew up doing my dad like texted me like kind of yelling at me and was like you forgot to mention this costume completely disregarding the beer garden girl (laughs) right not my mistake of 2008 but (laughs) was like you didn't bring up this costume and I was like yeah I mean it was great I was a shark attack victim but like the adhesive man did not agree (laughs) with my skin like (laughs) You have some interesting costumes. Maybe we'll have to post that before the Halloween season's over. I, I got to find a photo of that one. But I mean, I was rocking that outfit. I didn't even have to get anything. I just used a wetsuit and my bathing suit. Like I was fine. I'm here for it. Yeah. My, um, the one we posted recently, I know it wasn't Spiderella. I couldn't find, um, a picture of that. I asked my dad to just send me random Halloween photos and, um, you, some of them have like people in them. So I'm like, respectfully, I don't talk to any of these people anymore. And they probably would despise being on my podcast, like photo. So, um, but the ones we did post that Cinderella one actually was handmade from someone's Italian grandmother. She sat oh. there and sewed that whole costume. And so was the poodle skirt. I believe my mom made that one. You so. can just feel the love in like handmade costumes like that. She hand sewed that whole Cinderella costume. The whole thing. And like, I actually have to go back and take a look at the picture, but she was this, my neighbor's grandmother, great grandmother, this sweet Italian woman. And she just sat there for hours, just hand sewing this costume. I I think my mom still has it because you can't, you can't get rid of something like that. You can't throw anything away. Like what if you have kids and they need dress up? There you go. I know. I wish I can sew like that. Like my goal in life is to be an Italian Nona. And I just want to wear all black, like the Italian folk practitioners did black garbs long sleeves and cook sauce and that's my gonna be my personality trait (laughs) i know my mom hand sewed like all of my baby clothes and like perfect stitching and i'm like i can't thread a needle my lady like pilar please help (laughs) my sister in christ i can't my mother in christ why didn't you pass down this trait to me I can't sew anything either. Um, I don't, I think I can sew a button back on if I had to. My grandmother was great. My mom too can sew um, a little bit. I know they tried to teach us in school. I used to hate sewing class. It was very difficult. Um, We didn't have sewing class. So like anytime, like my leggings will like rip like in the inner thighs because chub rub, um, I'll like ship it to my mom. I'm like, I can't sew like, but these were expensive (laughs) leggings, like. I could probably do that, but, um, 
like sewing an actual piece, it actually, that's a craft. So for those of you that sew out there or you like to make your own clothes or Halloween costumes, props to you because I wish I I could do that. I wish I could make lace. Like I've been fascinated by like lace talk and it's like, crazy to see these people make lace and I'm like I wish I could do that make lace you're gonna have to send me a video I'm obsessed with black lace um obviously I'm not trying to sell anybody anything but the Hades and (laughs) underworld veil you know 10 and I wear that shit every single time if I could just drape my body in a dress like that and wear it every single day I would because I am obsessed with like a lace look oh yeah I wore that yesterday when we went to the graveyard Mm-hmm. We went to go see um, Kevin's grandpa. We left a Phillies hat on his grave to celebrate them making it to the playoffs. I hope the gatekeeper eats it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, um, I'm going to go to the cemetery, talk to the gatekeeper and be like, listen, just throw it out. Okay. Let the wind Listen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I um, we left some marigolds um, since marigolds are very, very important to my ancestral practice especially for the beginning of November. Um, so we did, you know, some great stuff, we used some ancestor stuff together. So it was really, really nice. I know. I love that. Yeah. We're just two casual gals. that just like to take a trip to the cemetery. I haven't been in a while. I do need to go. Um, I do like to chat with the spirits there that reside. Oh, there. Yeah. Like it was, it was like a touching moment for Kevin. And I'm like wandering around, like chit chatting, yeah. like, um, because his grandfather is there and like his other family members from like I don't know, like the eighteen hundreds are there. So I was like just wandering around like yeah, the family tea. Like, hey everybody, <laughs> like chit chat and like just wandering, being like, nah, his grave's over here, like blah blah blah. I was like, I had a great time, like in the car, like so happy. <laughs> yeah, and he's probably like grieving and just like, wow, this is so sad. And you're like, anyone need anything? You need a beer because we can stop at the liquor store if you need some alcohol. Well, we were driving right. through the cemetery because it's a pretty big one. And I don't know why, but like in my mind, the last little scene from the Adams Family movie came in my head and it was like, I turned to Kevin and I was like, is it disrespectful if I like jump out of the car right now and scream, wake the dead? Like, <laughs> I would be scared to do that. And then you have too many people to talk to. It was a party. I was, it was so fun. Well, I told Kevin after I was like, it was like the end of the Haunted Mansion cemetery scene, but so much more fun. I know. I feel like sometimes Kevin just looks at us and goes, I wonder, I wonder what they see in here. Like what, what is going on over there? Even when we're at work and you know, like your house spirit will talk to me or something. And I'm like, oh yeah. Like so-and-so said this and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're like having a full conversation and I'm like, oh yeah. The people in the cemetery, you're like, yeah, I know. I saw them this morning. It's like, does he feel out of the loop? <laughs> he does. And like when I was setting up, cause I brought some like ancestor tea lights to the grave we cleaned it um brought some incense and like the ancestor oil and um i brought the planchette roller that i have and i was like okay you got to use this this is what you do like you would oh you use it on kevin the spirit communication roller yeah because i was like here give me your give me your um wrist because like i want you to like chit chat with your pop-up and his old dog who passed was there too so i was like do you feel him because he's here did he <gasps> I love that. I love that so much. That's so sweet. Yeah, it's always really cool when you can change somebody's mind about the spiritual plane. Not like, or when they change somebody's mind, I should say. We just provide the tools, right? Like, I know that roller probably boosted his connection, but um, it's really cool to watch that moment for people when they're like, wow, I really did actually feel something. And maybe it's not just all black after you die. Yep. And for those asking, we did clean up the grave. Like we only left like a hat and flowers, um, candles, all of that kind of stuff. We packed up and left because it's not biodegradable. And oh yeah, time we leave litter in a cemetery. Yeah, right. Try to spin that narrative. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but that that is just like a, a gentle reminder. Like if you bring incense, candles, lighter, anything like that, oil, just make sure you pack it up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well. Shall we dive in to the story of how we met? How did we meet Chelsea? You know, I actually had to sit and think about this because I think it's just such a wild story that, um, first of all, first of all, I truly know, Ted and I know that Hades brought us together. So let's just get this out of the way because he is an integral part of this story. Yes. 
we're not going to be disclosing a lot of things because it's pretty personal to our own relationship with Hades, but King Hades, and he was the one who actually brought Ten and I together. So um, as two devotees, we did actually bond over our love for King Hades and Queen Persephone. Um, so it is actually really funny how we got here and now we have a whole podcast and we're, you know, death workers and death witches. And like, that's a huge piece of both of our paths, even though we both practice differently. So shout out to the king and queen of the underworld. Shout out to the chthonic deities. You guys are the real ones. I'm actually looking up our first conversation as we speak. I need okay, to. So you do that. I'm going to set the scene of how, where this has transpired. So we had a listener ask us how we met and this is our story. So, um, I want to say a few years ago, Ted and I used to listen to this podcast um, and the podcast actually had a Facebook group and it was like over 30,000 people. And then the Facebook group kind of broke out into little like subgroup interests. So it was like people that were like stay-at-home moms, homemakers, um, people that lived in Pennsylvania so that you can like meet friends. And one of the subgroups was a um, spiritual group. So I didn't, no 10 at the time. Um, I had been in the spiritual group, I think before her. And I eventually advanced my way in as a approved reader. So I was one of the moderators in the group. Um, I was the approved psychic medium and reader. Um, and I was basically very front facing in the group. I would, you know, a lot of people came to me for readings. I would get a lot of reviews there, whatever. And 10 also resided in this spiritual group. Oh my God. She's laughing. I can't even. I'm finding like the gifts, like from our first conversation. So she also was in that group too. Um, I had my, uh, this person I knew at the time, um, an ex-friend, she was the admin of the group and she was like, Oh, like, um, I know how much you're, you love Greek mythology, Chelsea, like how you always talk about King Hades and Queen Persephone and Hermes. Have you ever spoken to Tenninger? And I was like, you know, I've seen her name. I've never actually spoken to her. And she was like, you should speak to her because she's an archaeologist and she is very much into everything that you practice. Right. So, um, people at the time knew that I was working with the Greek gods. Um, I didn't actually disclose it to the full Facebook group because it was a uh-huh. Facebook group of like beginner spirituality. Yeah. And like, I was out here doing deity work and I don't think people really knew what that was at the time. And just a reminder, no. Deity work is so niche that most people don't do it when you enter spiritual Facebook groups. So I wasn't going to be like, Hey, I have an altar for Hades in my house. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> whatever. So, um, I randomly, this is so weird. Cause I would never do this. Her name kept popping into my head after I found out about that conversation. Now I'm an introvert. I don't like to talk to people first. I don't. And oh, I'm no. really like talking to people, but I'm pretty sure King Hades kept putting her name in my head because I could not stop like thinking about how I should reach out to her. So I did. And, um, I messaged her and I was like, hi, no, this is really weird, but, um, you know, so-and-so told me you're into mythology. I just want to let you know, like I actually worship the Greek gods and King Hades is one of them. And he actually allowed me to share that, which I thought was weird. Uh-huh. If you know him, he doesn't ever do that to to share such things um without his permission so we kind of left it alone and then we always kind of just chit-chatted it was never anything like crazy and now I think this is where the Instagram message comes in yeah so this was like after quarantine and again like I had known of Chelsea like who she was since I think like I want to say like late 2019 um like pre-pandemic so I'm back at work this is like mid 2021 and I had actually responded to a story on Instagram and I literally like and maybe one day I will post this on Patreon but like I had a notebook that was like talk to Chelsea like Crystal Moon about like you know all these ideas and stuff but you know my ass was like, nah, like you're awkward and obnoxious. Like, don't do that. Like- I felt the same way talking to you. <laughs> I'm an introvert. This is so weird. She's going to think I'm so weird. Why did I message her saying, hi, do you like King Hades and Queen Persephone? Cause so do I. And it's like, you know, when you're just like a geek and you're excited. 
<laughs> yeah, and then you just word vomit, and then like you, and then I feel like a possum, so I just play dead. Like, <laughs> like was that weird? Was I being a weird girl? Like, who opens up like that? Hi, do you like Greek mythology? Let's be friends. Basically, is how all this went down. <laughs> So I remember I had like reached out. I, I forget what you, you were celebrating something. Cause I, the first thing I said is I'm so excited for you. So I don't know what you were celebrating around that time. Oh, I was celebrating. Um, I had started working with Thor and I actually think I posted it on like my close friends. Um, I was a close friend. You were a close friend. Yeah. Because we had talked about, you know, I actually remember I made you a close friend because I was like, 10 would really appreciate some deity content and like, you know, like anything mythological that I talk about, like, I know she would enjoy seeing this. So I did add you as a close friend. Um, yeah, it was when Thor entered my practice. I posted about it because I was shook. Oh my gosh. I, I can't, I can't believe that, but wow. So, and, and then we got talking about Hades. I sent like crazy gifts and I was like, this is, this is too much. Like I, I'm a lot, like I need to tone it down. No, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever that someone wanted to talk about King Hades with me because usually no one knows what I'm talking about. And they're like, you know, the the spiritual group we were in was very beginner. And I'm not saying there was anything wrong with that. It truly was people just asking, like, what does Rose Quartz do? And I'm over here doing deity work. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I felt disconnected at the time because I was like, Beep, I am doing death work here. And I just don't know. People don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like people are asking, like, "Hey, what does Rose Quartz do?" And you're just like, "That's me in the corner, like doing yeah. death work." This is my religion. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah um, nothing wrong with that. I just was in a different frame of mind. I think so. That was like the first conversation that you know then began to spin a well-known friendship, and you know. It started, you know, the older Patreon, all those classes, all of those things, but it truly came down to two girls who were just super obsessed with death and mythology, trying not to out-geek the other one. Right, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, you're trying not to be, like, weird, even though, you know, at the time, like, it it wasn't weird. We were bonding over something we both really enjoyed, which is death and the underworld. Um, you don't usually come across people like that. No. Who genuinely know what they're talking about, who genuinely have a respect and appreciation for what you do. Um, so I thought it was really cool, but at the same time, I have like such bad friend trauma that I was like, you same, she's going to think I'm crazy and weird. I know. And I was like, how much do I want to like, let Chelsea know how weird I am? Like, I'm trying to like put out like weird feelers of like, how weird can I be here? <laughs> so you like ghosts? <laughs> so um Are there any good ghost stories lately? <laughs> how do you feel about death? <laughs> Crossover any spirits recently? <laughs> right, right. It was we both were kind of dancing around the subject. And um I I am allowed to say this, so I'm gonna say it. I remember King Hades kept putting in my head that 10 and I should work together and teach courses because she obviously was an archaeologist and I had the spiritual aspect. Um, and also like, you know, being a Hellenic pagan myself, you know, teach courses around death and necromancy and him. And now we have this whole podcast dedicated to him. We used to have an old Patreon. Now we have a new one. And it's like the way this has just truly transpired. We have a metaphysical shop. We do services around psychic mediumship. It's just you know, he definitely had his finger in this and was like, and now you will just talk about me constantly. <laughs> oh, his fingers are always in the pot, truly. Yeah. So as much as I want to say it was 10 and I, I do have to give credit where it is due. <laughs> this is why mastermind I behind it all. Truly a mastermind of the underworld. The man, um, the myth, the legend. King yeah, Hades. Right. right. You know, what's so funny um is that he doesn't really like to he's pretty introverted himself i would say where he is the god of the underworld he's the unseen one he's you know all this in greek mythology and here we are he's pushing two little introverts together to be like come on <laughs> be friends come talk about death together we're like no <laughs> gripping onto the wall <laughs> like when you pick up a cat like truly just like clawing into the furniture <laughs> exactly exactly so here we are now with a podcast called sticks and bones which we dedicate to the chthonic underworld which um it's just very funny it's, it's just, truly come full circle i'd say like 
I I want to frame that first conversation one day. We should. I think we should put it in like both of our offices. Yeah. Because Ten wrote on a notebook, um, talk to Chelsea about like archaeology and spiritual classes with a question mark. And she never talked to me about it until like randomly one day. No, I, met- I was so scared. I was so scared to approach her and be like, hi, I really like uh, archaeology and mythology. Do you want to teach with me? I can understand that though, because I, I don't know if people know this. I ran crystal moon clarity before 10 came on. Like I was just doing, this is the days of when I had an Etsy store and I was doing love readings and (laughs) I was just a a tarot reader. Like just, I was a psychic medium. Didn't think I was good enough. Um, just trying to like hone my craft in and learn how to work with clients. And I can understand that would be weird to ask somebody who already has an established business to be like, Hey, do you want to work together? Yeah. Um, but that had been my plan the whole time was like, I actually wanted to branch out into like the deity mythology aspect because that's what was lacking for me because I was doing that stuff, but like no one knew about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So this, this is where we are today. That's crazy, man. Like shit. been on a wild ride for those of you that have been with us <laughs> beginning. It has been a crazy journey to get here, but we are here. We here. We made it. You know, we might have some uh, PTSD, uh, but we are here. And listen, it's not easy running a spiritual business. And, you know, but we do, we do enjoy the work we do. So, and we're oh also god. friends. Like, we're really good friends. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. And like, that's the thing that, like, I don't think people get. Like, we've had crazy questions in the past of, like, are you guys actually friends? And yeah. it's like, I don't know if like why people would do this and not be friends. Like it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's also like, that's not something we could ever lie about. I would never just sit up here and lie and say, yeah, we're friends. Like you can easily tell from our banter and like how much we know about each other's lives that we genuinely care about one another. I talked to 10, I think four times today I've called you. We've been on the phone for like 40 minutes each time because we just had a random thought that we just had to talk it out. Like Oh yeah, I did dishes with Chelsea on FaceTime today. Like, I'm pretty sure I might talk to Chelsea more than Kevin. Like, Chelsea <laughs> is part of a throuple with us. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, Kevin comes home from work. I'm like, hey, did you have a bad day? You use that evil eye, evil eye oil, right? That we made for you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I just got to make sure, you know. Yeah. Right. Oh, got to do a banishment on you. <laughs> we literally will both tackle Kevin to the ground, being like, "There's something on you." <laughs> I don't think, did we say this on the podcast or no, it was on a live. Remember the whole live we were talking about Kevin? Oh yeah. Gotta get Kevin on the podcast. All right. I'll tell the story really quickly and then we'll move into um, the other topic. But Kevin came home from work one day and 10 and I are just like shipping in the metaphysical store. And I immediately picked up on the fact that his energy was off. And I looked at her and obviously we don't want to raise suspicion. We don't want to scare Kevin. He's not a witch. So I'm looking at 10. I'm like, there's something off. She goes, mm-hmm. hey, babe, how was work today? <laughs> he is the golden retriever gamer boy <laughs> living with two black cats. Like, <laughs> it's true. So I'm like, Kevin, I'm really sorry, but I got to do an evil eye removal on you. How is work? <laughs> I like beat around the bush. Yeah. Chelsea goes, you got the evil eye, man. <laughs> you got the evil eye. I have to remove it now. I'm sorry. We're calling Archangel Michael in here. We need help. Kevin's religious trauma kicked in and was like, man, I wouldn't don't really need him. Like I was like, you know, my Italian folk magic was getting on. I'm like, you got olive oil. So we did the removal and I'm like looking in, I'm scrying in like the oil and the water that I use. So I was able to pinpoint exactly what it was. I'm like, so it's so this, this, and this. And he goes, did 10 tell you? I'm like, no, Kevin, the oil told me. Why did you think 10 would tell me? I don't need 10 to tell me dick when the oil is going to tell me all your deepest, darkest secrets. The oil told me everything about this situation. He was like staring at us like he had just witnessed something so crazy. (laughs) I'm like, it's fine. We took care of it. But, you know, it's when you're close with someone else who's spiritual, you care about their family. You want to make sure everyone's good. So I immediately picked up on his energy and so did you. But I was like, you know, do I overstep and say something? But I was like, no, no, I got to. No, there's no such thing as overstepping with that. Something wrong with his energy that day. <laughs> he was getting evil-eyed. So, oh, yeah. He got it hoard. Yeah, he got attacked. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're like, where's your roller? He's like, what roller? And we're like, Kevin. Protection. <laughs> yeah. You a spirit in the cemetery? 
yeah you know what yeah like they're always going for kevin they because he's an easy target <laughs> although after that like i i did like fix all of his stuff from that but like my man like come on you live next to a cemetery like your wife's you've a already witch. been attacked your wife's a witch your co-worker's a witch you've got spooky cats come on no <laughs> No, I know. I think I think we did blow his mind that day because he's like, "How do you guys know all this stuff?" The oil told us, Kevin. Yeah. So just let me come over to you and remove it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really funny. But that is basically sums up how we met. Um, it was a really <laughs> funny question, and I realized we had never actually talked about it. I don't know why. This should have been like episode three or something. But here you are. Here's right? No, I feel like we've hinted at it or we talked about it on lives or something, but when you get down to like the nitty gritty and like pinpoint it, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it really was a crazy thing. So that's why, you know, always trust the path that you're on, trust where you're being led and you will always meet the right people. And actually 10 actually came into my life. Now I'm going to get a little cheesy during a time where a lot of the doors on my old friends were closing because they were just genuinely shitty people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's like, I was gifted people who actually cared about me and who could understand what I was doing instead of calling me a Satan worshiper. So, oh yeah. Like it was, it was kind of the same with me. Like quarantine really like slammed some doors shut. Yeah. Right. And I think that was kind of like the friend trauma that I was like, hey, I want to talk to Chelsea. Like, she seems really cool, but like, yeah, she seems cool, but is she cool? Let's 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 actually. She seems cool. I am an uncool trash panda, so like, I I don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> no, and and we just here we are today. Now we're going to talk about werewolves. <laughs> oh my god! So I've been like diving into it, and then like. Cause you know how research is like you read something and then like, it's like one like thought bubble. And then there's like so many things like shooting out. And because your ghost hosts are ghost hosts who do the research, we do research in this house and we cite our sources. Um, So my ass took a deep dive into the realm of werewolves. And let me tell you, I found some shit. Well, before you start, I just want to preface this before you go on your um, mythology rant which we all miss and love i've been missing the mythology rants lately (laughs) Um, we got more coming up but um we wanted to talk about werewolves not only in like the mythological sense but also the um spiritual sense of transformation and we're actually going to talk about transformation after we talk about werewolves and we really were inspired by werewolves transforming because i always find from october to December, people go through like these huge spiritual transformations. And that's been coming out a lot in the readings I've been giving lately, um, things people around me have just been experiencing. So we're really going to dive into like transformations and, um, you know, we, I could even give like a personal story of like a transformation I've been through. I'm like, we all go through transformations, right? So this is a really transformative period. It's also Samhain, which is the new year. So, so buckle up everybody buckle up. All right, go off. Should we just should we just dive in? I'm about to black out really quick. Um, okay. So, werewolves are super interesting. Um, when I was looking into it, because we've seen monster movies, like we all know, like The Wolfman. Um, it's in a ton of you know other stuff. Hell, Harry Potter has you know werewolves, and also you know um, uh, synanthropy, which is you know shifting into a dog, which is what like Sirius Black was more yep. um, a dog shifter rather than a wolf shifter. Um, but when you break down the name of werewolf, where actually is old English for man. So it seems like werewolves are really specific to only male shifters, um, which was fascinating to find out. Um, she wolves come in later. And of course, you know, we have some really famous she wolves, you know, the mother, mother air quotes um for romulus and ramus the legendary founders of rome but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of female werewolves um but we do have different aspects so it's unclear who specifically in the world has the origin of werewolves like there's so many claims and i since there's so many claims it kind of comes down to like a timeline contest Mm -hmm. and 
even then the arguments are spotty at best. So like the first one is if we're going from earliest to most recent, the earliest um, some say is the Mesopotamian poem, the Epic of Gilgamesh, as Gilgamesh um, turns down a lover because she had apparently turned her previous partner into a wolf. Huh. So is that the earliest? I, I don't know. Um, and then when you move into Greek mythology, that is really when there seems to be an explosion of wolf transformations. So the best one and the most well-documented comes from the legend of Lycon, who is the king of Arcadia in Greece. And he wanted to test Zeus, king of the gods, right? He wanted to test him and see if he was so all-knowing that he actually served him as an offering the roasted flesh of his own son shocker zeus knew no no really (laughs) zeus knows (laughs) all these stories of people testing zeus i'm like you trying to die or are you trying to die (laughs) you're talking to my guy all wrong talking to my guy all wrong that is shocker zeus found out and knows um so he turns lycon into a wolf which the Greek word for wolf is lycos. Mm -hmm. And depending on the myth that you read, either Zeus would end up killing his offspring or would turn them into wolves. So it's unclear and it depends really on which source you're going to. Um, And then his son, who he served to Zeus, Zeus actually brings back to life. Um, We also have, uh, what do you call it? Homer's Odyssey who mentions that Circe, who is a well-known witch in mythology, um, he says, Circe, who will make us all pigs or wolves. Um, I love so Circe, really... by the way. Huh? I love Circe, by the way. I love her. I and Circe stan account. <laughs> and then we have Herodotus, who notes um, the Nori people who lived around the Ukraine area in 425 BCE. He writes, these people may well be sorcerers. For the Nuri at one point became a wolf for a few days before returning into his original form. And then we have Virgil who mentions, you know, wolf shifters in the first century CE. And with Greek mythology at this time, it seems like the transformation from human into wolf can be lumped by witches turning them into wolves or you're born with that ability. It's like, but where does it all stem from? Like, because oh. I know werewolves is cross-cultural like you just and up. then we have more to the north like the list keeps going yeah because it's a phenomenon like it's cultural people it's <clears throat> this tale of a werewolf has existed since as long as I can remember, remember. grow up knowing about werewolves it's like where are they real like what is well, going on it's interesting because it seems to be like like either it's like a choice or like you're bored like it's genetic and hereditary or it's a curse you know like it's either good or bad depending on how you look at it right and I feel like it's depicted that way in um pop culture you know yeah and then um before I talk about this stuff in you know Norse folklore um it really seems that at certain times there's also a third category that I would you know argue for werewolves is you're trying to acquire aspects of the wolf so i'll just go ahead and jump in with that in norse folklore you have the saga of the uh volsungs which is written in the 13th century so quite a bit of time after greece and this takes place with magic wolf pelts so two men ultimately find two wolf pelts and they put them on And only then do they realize that they can't shed them for 10 days. And they are turned into wolves when they put them on. And during this time, they actually do kill quite a bit of people. And they actually um, fight against each other to the point where one is actually injured seriously. Um, But when they are able to pull the pelts off, they do end up burning them. But that folklore will translate a little bit into... You know, maybe people are depicting 
you know, warriors this way because they want to turn into wolves. Right. Um, and then when you think about warrior Viking warriors, you have the berserkers who wore the hides of bears in battle. And with the berserkers, you have the Ulf Hayden who wore wolf hides. And the Viking warriors may have wanted to encapsulate the ferocity That's and what the- I was just thinking. And the fighting tactics of the wolf and like wanting that power on the battlefield. Um, but unfortunately, there's no archaeological evidence of animal pelts being found just because anything to the north in northern Europe is super hard to find because the environment really just destroys organic material. I had a thought that came into my head because I know um, in Norse paganism, animism mm-hmm. is- belief do you think and this is just i know we don't have any evidence to support this because as we said in previous norse pagan episodes there's rarely any evidence of any magical practice it's really hard to find things um that are legitimate and based in archaeology and history but do you think that they wore pelts because they were working with that spirit of that animal and embodying the spirit of that animal and were using it in battle yes and perhaps my head And perhaps, like, the myths surrounding Fenrir may have played into that only because we do actually have, we don't have the pelts, but we do have metal stamps with wolves and anthropomorphic figures, so half wolf, half man figures. Um, And I'm going to post a picture of it, and you can see it in the Torsonda plates from Sweden, but it's a half man, half wolf warrior fighting against another male warrior so i think that they are kind of bringing in that spirit of the animal right and i don't know if that differs of like how we today would work with a spirit of an animal um but you do tend to take on the qualities of that animal or you gravitate towards an animal that has the qualities that you need that's how i always have seen working with animal spirits like you work with an animal spirit based on the things that you need so it wouldn't be so far-fetched if they were working with bear pelts and things for bears and wolves because they needed to encompass that in battle right yeah and and taking it as like an art historian when you have depictions of like anthropomorphized figures on the battle fig on the battlefield um, you could make the argument that, you know, donning the pelts would actually make you the wolf. Right. And so perhaps the artwork is capturing that moment that, in a sense, they became wolves on the battlefield. I don't know. It's it's really interesting. But I'm going to point blank ask you this. Do you actually believe in werewolves? I kind of do. Only because in my last point for, like, the ancient aspect is... Not the great Viking king of Denmark, Norway, and England in the early 11th century actually mentions werewolves by name in his law codes. So do I think of werewolves as we've seen it in monster movies? I don't think so. But do I think that there's like wolf shifters? Absolutely. There has to be. I don't believe in werewolves. See, I don't. Really? I don't believe in werewolves. I don't know what it is. And I will correct what I'm saying. I feel like I don't believe in like the shifting aspect, but I do think there are animals out there because I always think of like Bigfoot or the Yeti, which is so highly intelligent. I believe in in Bigfoot. I believe in Bigfoot. I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. We'll do a podcast episode on one day, but I grew up like my dad watched a ton of Bigfoot documentaries and I it's believe in Bigfoot. I think there are a species of animals that we can say that are wolves because this next story that I'm going to read is like in the more modern sense Mm -hmm. uh, that are super highly intelligent that could be better than a wolf. Um, Maybe they hunt on wolves, you know, I don't know, but I don't know if I believe in the magical whole concept of a werewolf. I don't think I'm sold on it yet. Yeah. And I think within like werewolf terms, I think there's a lot of subcategories. Right, right. Because we we see werewolves as like, I don't know. I usually see them, if anybody's seen, you know, Van Helsing, um, the first guy who he's hunting is a werewolf. And it's completely different than what I would say, like, is a wolf shifter 
or one who would shift into a, an animal. But so I think that like within werewolves, there's so many different subcategories. No, I agree. I I agree with you a hundred percent. Like I just I don't. I don't consider Jacob Black from the Twilight series, not to bring it back to Twilight, but I, know, right? I don't consider him a werewolf. No, I think that's fake. No, I think he's just a wolf shifter. Like that kind of belief, that kind of stuff, that character is a wolf shifter. He's not a werewolf. Okay, I get what you're saying. So like, I think there is a difference in wolves versus werewolves. Okay, that's fair point. I still don't, I still am not <laughs> concepts. Um, I'm going to read about the beast of Jean Don, which is a, an actual account that happened in France. And this is where like my belief comes in. Um, and maybe yeah. I need to study more of the ancient sources. It's crazy. Cause I could believe in vampires, but I don't believe in <laughs> Like, I don't know. I just, At the line stops there right after vampires, the line, like shifters for me. I think it stops there where I'm like, I don't think that that's real. Um, and I believe in vampires in a different way too. Like I said, you can practice psychic vampirism in a spiritual mm-hmm. sense, just like we're going to talk about transformation and embodying really like that transformational werewolf shifting energy in a minute. Um, even shape shifting, like we could talk about shape shifting too, but yep. I mean, Loki immediately comes to mind when I talk about shape shifting or the Morrigan, right. And it's her holiday Samhain, like she's a shape shifter. Absolutely. Okay, but I did want to read this story. So this is so funny because when we were talking about this episode, immediately I told you my dad watches a lot of documentaries. Mm-hmm. Watching this documentary about, I want to say last year when I came home randomly and we were on the couch and I just kind of watched whatever's on TV. And it was a documentary about werewolves. I love and it. This is called, and a lot of you may have heard of this, The Beast of Jean Don, which happened in France in the 1700s. So... There was an account of this huge beast that was going around, this wolf-like beast that was going around and killing um, shepherds out in the farms. And shepherds back then were children. They were tending to family farms. Um, they were oh. taking care of animals. So there was a lot of death. And from 1764 and 1767, um, hundreds of people died because of this beast. The Damn. beast on. Now- to this day, no one knows what it was. People said it could have been like a serial killer. Um, people were saying that it was a werewolf. But the story got picked up because there was a newspaper going around at the time. I think it was um, at the end of one of the wars with uh, Great Britain at the time. Let me see. Oh, there's a lot of them. So, yeah, I think they were at war with Britain. And then the um, the war ended and the beast was still killing in the village of Jean Don. So a newspaper picked it up and it spread all over France, like wildfire. People were, the story of werewolves was going around and they actually have a statue in this town, uh, in Jean Don, this village, they still have the statue of this beast. And <clears throat> they don't know what caused all of these murders and attacks. But when the military came home from fighting, um, great Britain, People actually sought out to kill the beast because it would bring like a lot of honor to your household, to your family name. Some people never came back. And mm-hmm. once again, there is no actual evidence of this wolf, but there is imagery of it. So like people have claimed to see it and some people have claimed that they haven't seen it at all. So it's really interesting. That's also interesting especially because you brought up like could it have been a serial killer could it have been you know was it an animal um and with all of the children dying it's that's a common finding especially in you know later werewolf tales especially of like the 15th century onward people who have confessed and were later burned at the stake for it for you know saying that they did transform into a werewolf were actually killing children and some, you know, did claim that they did make a pact with the devil and that he supplied them with an ointment to help them transform, which is really different than how Hollywood portrays it. Like the moon has to be like at a full moon for the right. transformation. So that like, where does that come in? Like wild. 
I don't know, but also I just I just forgot one fact um about this. Experts, obviously, the accounts of the attacks on the bodies, it was animal-like. And people were saying, experts were saying it couldn't have been a serial killer because it was an animal attack. Like it was very clear that it was an animal attack. So people are saying the the serial killer thing is actually pretty far-fetched, and it wasn't because there is evidence and drawings of what actually happened to people, and they've studied it, and it's animal attack. So what was it? Was it just a super big wolf that was out there? But wolves usually go in packs, you know? So it's like, yeah, it doesn't and, really make any sense. Like, I'm sure the kids who were shepherds, like they, they weren't wandering like crazy far. And why would the wolf go after the human rather than their flock? That's why there people have claimed it was a werewolf because there is no action, like, Every piece of evidence is just too far-fetched for a certain situation. And werewolves just seems to be like the best option. Um, so it spread like wildfire all over France. And yeah, the statue is still in the village today. And there's a lot of artwork that we will post around it of this huge beast. And it's a legit story. Like definitely look into it if you want to read more into it. It's crazy. There was a whole documentary I was watching on it. I want to watch that now. Um, that's my dad have, was. Do you have any like firsthand... Um primary sources from that article like people's quotes from it like what did they see like because now I'm intrigued because now I'm like what the fuck is this I don't know I don't know um <laughs> there are a few quotes in this article I haven't actually read through it um but there like I said there was a whole newspaper around it so I'm sure we could even find like the newspaper. actual newspaper articles during that time period oh my god like it's very well documented holy shit yeah so it's pretty crazy. Like experts have reviewed it and basically they concluded that no one's going to be satisfied with any, any answer because there is no answer. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, I'm literally looking right now and it's like, yeah, it's, it's too far fetched to be a, a person. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And even the documentary, they were like, it was an actual animal attack. There was animal wounds and nothing that a, a human could have done. So it's like, what? So now this is where I'm like, okay, I kind of believe this werewolf thing. Like, what is this mystery? Yeah. And it's so interesting that it just stopped all of a sudden. Like, I do want to know what happened around that date. Um, because if you're looking at like, if it was a man who somehow was able to kind of like reenact animal wounds, like in that time period though you know what i mean like yeah that's why they're saying it couldn't have been a person because i don't know yeah Just it's it's so weird and like so many things would have to line up like and i know like seeing this is going to be far-fetched but like people were grave robbing back then to learn about human bodies no, so it I wouldn't know. so it wouldn't surprise me if like people were doing the same thing like watching animals kind of kill their victims and like study the remains but again that is so much like energy like you're doing that and but like also what the fuck died. also what the fuck is happening like yeah and it couldn't then it couldn't have been one person because hundreds of people died like the whole village was out there on red alert when the shepherds were out there and they still died so it's like it had to have been an animal that was swift fast instinctual yeah which is like it, at that point it has to be a werewolf or That's like what some, i'm saying like i because i i mm. <laughs> oh it's one of those things where he's gonna keep you up at night like what was that i'm gonna wake up at like 3 a.m tonight and text you and be like it was this <laughs> it was, i have the answer here it is it's <laughs> solved but it's wild because like if people are watching these shepherds, like you did a shitty ass job. Like if seriously, so getting killed on your watch, like seriously, seriously. If uh, it was your watch and somebody died, you're telling me you didn't see what happened. I'm going to point the finger at you now. Right, right. No, I agree. It's like, come on. If my kid was out there and in, in there, I'd be walking around with a gun, being like, "Yeah, try me." The beast yeah. I'm done. I mean, it would have been like a musket. So, like trying to load that thing would have taken like forever. <laughs> would have already had it loaded or something i would have been locked and loaded like poor timmy like don't bite him anywhere vital like mama's yeah. gotta load this musket <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, but does that make you believe in werewolves? I don't know. Cause when I read about this story, I was like, this is an actual like epidemic that spread across France and everyone was talking about it. Um, I know some people, they did say gave in like false reports of like, I saw it in front of my house and it was trying to eat my door. You know what I mean? Like crazy. Why did you shoot it? <laughs> yeah. um, but I don't know. I don't know why I'm just still not sold. I believe in Bigfoot, but I don't believe in werewolves. So it just doesn't make any sense. I think I need to look more into it. I've never been like a werewolf stan. So I don't know. I'm not a werewolf stan and like, oh my gosh, like Team Jacob. No. Yeah. I just find it fascinating again because it's been so long something has to be real right right but we haven't had any of these accounts recently have we I don't know I don't know and if we have but covering it up (laughs) I know like now we're getting into like conspiracy theories we've now (laughs) got to conspiracy theories I know my tin hat (laughs) um all right so that is like the mythological archaeological side of werewolves. Um, but also too, like I said, we were inspired by this episode to talk about transformation and basically to embrace transformation. And I think that's the biggest thing I take out of shapeshifters, especially, you know, with a deity like Loki. Um, I think sometimes we shy away from like transformations and shapeshifting. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by shapeshifting in a second, because I think shapeshifting is really important to learn. Um so for example, when I say shape-shifting, we all have different faces in public, depending on where we are, right? Like I'm going to put on my customer service voice when I'm on the phone with like a client, <laughs> but here on this podcast, I'm going to talk about the Yeti, you know, and just let loose. So I think shape-shifting is like a super important skill to learn. And it's also something you could do spiritually too. You could also be a shape-shifter. Absolutely. I mean- you can do it both physically spiritually i mean it takes place in mythology shit we just mentioned two heavily you know heavy shapeshifters in their own mythology with on morgan and loki right so it's it's present everywhere really i mean it's present in mythology it's present physically i mean i turn on my teacher voice when i have to hit record for my classes right kevin comes down like with a fuck are you Who's that i'm like i don't i don't know man i <laughs> yeah and another thing too is um sometimes people like to put a mask on us and already decide this is something that we are and this is something that i feel like i learned from loki so i'm just gonna bestow it upon the good people of the podcast even just reading his mythology sometimes instead of fighting what people are claiming you are lean into it for fun mm-hmm so for example, I know I always bring up my ex-friends and how they called me a Satan worshiper, but now I just will become the Satan worshiper in their presence. If I ever see them, I'm just going to whip out a pentagram on the floor. And start- a large pentagram. <laughs> a black <laughs> candle. Yeah. It's like, you know, people are always going to have preconceived um, notions about you and who you are. And sometimes at the end of the day, it's not worth fighting. Just, just be like, okay, fine. That's what you think about me. As long as you know, that's not who you are. It doesn't actually matter. Absolutely. It's also easier to do that because you can fight about it till you're blue in the face and they're not going to believe you. So lean into it, play it as a character. Yeah. Be the character be the jester in their story, but obviously not the full jester because you have the full deck of cards. Um, so, you know, I, I used to like fight people all the time and be like, I am not those things that they're saying that I am. But once people already decide something about you, they don't want to change their mind. And I've experienced that so many times they don't want to change their mind and that's fine. So then I'll just be what you, what you are calling me in your presence. Absolutely. Because when people think that they know something about you, they will immediate immediately like pin you for everything that they can. And at that point, they think that they're doing the Lord's work, you could say, uh, for hating you or pinning you as a Satan worshiper or X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, you know what? Now, now you've unlocked Satan worshiper mode. Like now I will be, I'll start just my head spinning like the exorcist. Yeah. Um, but, you know, shapeshifting can also be, you know, thinking of it like a chameleon or even certain types of octopus. 
um, they are able to transform into their surroundings. Um, a lot of animals, you can look throughout like the entire animal kingdom. There's insects who blend in with camouflage and they take on their own environment for protection. Um, you can do that in your own life. You can make things look mundane and normal that have a more deadly effect. And transformation in that aspect can also have you blending into everything. Yeah, I was just going to say one of the things that comes to mind that I've learned to do, um, instead of being the loudest in the room, be the quietest one and just sit back and listen to everything and observe everything that's going on before you say anything. Because sometimes people ask me, like, you didn't say anything. And I'm like, well, I was just listening and observing. Like, I didn't really have much to say, you know, like, but especially when you're in a room with like family or people you don't like particularly like, I am never the loudest one in the room ever. I just like to sit back watch observe take notes plan an exit (laughs) (laughs) locate my exit route yeah um but i yeah and i think like especially with family i will stay i almost want to say like in the shadows but like yeah quiet calm cool and collective don't let them read you also you know shape-shifting can also be putting on a poker face yeah not letting emotions show or thinking um that you're showcasing your emotions because when you allow your heart to be worn on your sleeve people will automatically take advantage of that point blank every time oh yeah and you've given your deck of cards away you've given your position yeah hold your cards close to your chest don't let anybody know you know bluff make counter accusations do whatever to keep the heat off of you because the quieter you are the slower you go in other people's eyes the less they're going to be suspicious but if you're called out put in a corner that's when you let the mask fall and you transform into who you truly are you lay down your boundaries and truly walk out victorious yeah, I feel like that's a hard lesson to learn, but we all do shape shifting. So that's why I'm like, okay, maybe I can get on the werewolf train today. But um, <laughs> it is something you could even do spiritually. It's something you could do in the physical. And yeah, you can even shape shift for safety purposes, you know, like if you Yeah. And I think I think this might hit home with a lot of people with this. Think about how you shape shift um your house, yourself during the holidays. Um, around Thanksgiving, if you don't like, you know, certain family members, do you put on your customer service voice and pretend everything's okay? Um, do you do that with Christmas, you know, doing some things, you know, that you might, you know, might not be on the top of your list. Um, but you do it and you don't let it showcase that it bothers you. That's transformation. That's wearing a whole different mask. That is playing the game. No, it really is. Um, Before we end today, I just want to talk about um, the transformational aspect of spirituality. And if you are going through a transformation right now, because I did do a bunch of readings recently where people were going through these like transformative phases. Like I'm really, I really am like getting into Loki's lore, but like shedding like your own skin and transforming Mm -hmm. into who you need to be. Um, Just remember that it is uncomfortable. Transforming is uncomfortable. Making changes in life is always going to be uncomfortable. And that's how, you know, you're on the right path is when life is starting to get uncomfortable and you're feeling pushed out of your comfort zone. So just remember if you work with deities, ancestors, spirit guides, or maybe you're just going through a huge transition, um, of whatever kind, it's always going to be uncomfortable. And I'm going through one right now, like this basically identity crisis, Um, since I turned 30 and like, I finally figured out who I am, I'm having a hard time with like letting go of who I used to be. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm still working on shedding that, you know, girl who used to drink till 2am and work in New York city and talk to all the finance guys to this, (laughs) which that lives out in Pennsylvania and likes to play video games, which is what I truly like to do. So with transformations, I always find it important to go through the stages of grief you have to mourn who you once were because it's not the same life isn't the same you are not the same um you've grown and you've matured so you do have to mourn for that um and 
I always like talking about this with transformation, but when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, their body has to decay and basically get rebuilt from the top down. It does. For them to come out of their cocoon as a butterfly. So of course, transformations are going to be uncomfortable. Um, but I can't think of a better time to go through them than, you know, the upcoming holiday of Samhain, which is all about transformations, all about going, um, changing who you are, the new year, you know, connecting to the other world with our world and going through a vast transformation. Yeah, it is really difficult, but there's like the perfect time of year. And I just, like I said, I felt, you know, we felt inspired to talk about it because it keeps coming up in like my own readings and, you know, we get on here every week and we just podcast whatever we want to talk about. Like we were like werewolves, cool, but how can we also make it spiritual? (laughs) (laughs) Make it witchy. Um, So if you are going through a transformation, just know I get it. We get it. We are here. We understand. Um, But do you have anything else to add to this episode before we close out for today? I don't think so. I don't think so either. We are still working on the Yule line. Um, We did ship out to our, I think, top two customers in the store, a preview of our Yule line. And um, we're excited for you all to see it. I know it's launching in November. Trust me, we had to make Yule products during Halloween. You know, like think about how we feel. (laughs) It was weird. I'm having conflicting scents in my house for candles. I've got like pumpkin spice, but also pine. I know we're like smelling like Christmas home and hearth and we're like, oh, wow, spruce. This smells so good. But it's like there's candy corn, you know. (laughs) So um, we all hope you have an amazing rest of your week. We'll see you next time on Sticks and Bones by Evoking with Chelsea and 10. And we hope you have a good day. Bye. Bye.